The time has come. We're finally going to talk about the Luke Cage season one finale. You know my steez. Stick around because we're going to break down everything in this episode, all the Easter eggs, all the plot lines, and give our reactions to the season as a whole. It's the Luke Cage After Show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome back, guys, to the Luke Cage After Show at After Buzz TV. It's time to talk the finale, you guys. Yes, it is. Everybody take a deep breath. After that, I hope everybody's okay. I am great. I feel amazing. <laughs> there is no justice. <laughs> There's a lot of justice. All my ships came to harbor, guys. There's and only it was the wonderful. justice you make for yourself. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I'm your host, Zach Wilson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. I've got the entire fantastic panel back to talk about the finale. Tari Miller. Yo. I'm Tari J. Miller. You can find me on social media at Tari J. T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Hey, guys. I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at BlackGirlNerds.com. Hi, I'm Jesse Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. <laughs> and I'm Alexis Torres. You can find me all over social media as Torres 890 That's A-T-O-R-E-S-890. Okay, guys. First reactions, like we're gonna we're gonna go through this. We're gonna talk about the the flashbacks. We're gonna talk about the fight, uh, everything at the police station, all of it. But just first reactions off the top. Thoughts on the finale? It made me sad. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, we we were screaming injustice. <laughs> we were the sad show. in like a you feel for the characters way. To yes. clarify, yes, to clarify, it it made me. Mostly because Luke Cage has been very, like, he's he's so, uh, I guess, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, he, he follows the letter of the law to a fault. He's such, such a good guy that, like, I want everything nice to happen to him, and yet nothing does. And it makes me so sad, which I guess is kind of the thesis of this show is that like no matter how good you are as a as a, a man in the system like sometimes bad stuff's gonna happen to you but like ah, I want it. it it sucks to to see after the flashbacks we have in episode three where we see him in prison to be like don't take him back there like he is it, he was experimented on in your prison like I just really need the innocence project to come up and be like excuse me you've changed this man permanently you cannot put him back in this situation this is bull um, but the fact that uh, uh, Fisher has the file makes me feel like this will be very temporary we've got a good lawyer we've got the file that exonerates him Fingers crossed. Claire knows a good lawyer. Yeah, she yeah. does. She, she knows a bunch. A like I was almost like, just call Foggy. Like yeah. you don't even need to complicate it, right? No, just <laughs> Foggy would have been enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. It's really satisfying to see a story really end that way. However, because it's been the overarching theme, it's been there since the first episode that. Luke Cage has just wanted to disappear because he doesn't want to be back in the system. And so to see that all come to a head at the end, I feel like we're going to get into it later. But as a complete series, I think Luke Cage is the most successful so far out of the Netflix series, where it didn't really feel like there was 
any down episodes or any episodes where there's like a clear division of the two halves of the season. Like, I feel like you can, with Daredevil, both seasons, and Jessica Jones, you could almost split those seasons into two story arcs where this feels like one complete story being told. I don't know. I I actually think that there was a a divide. I mean, it's still one story, but, like, I felt like after episode six, Mm. there was a major shift in story and tone because you lose Cottonmouth. And you and Luke Cage comes out of the shadows in one moment, and I felt that those were actually very not that it's bad, yeah. not that that's a bad thing, but like I did feel like there was a major turning point where you almost could have called it two seasons. But I think it, it would have felt like half a story. I totally feel what you're yeah. saying. Like this completes the arc, like from where we started. Of I want to run away and hide, and Pops being like from the get go, like you don't get to hide. You've been given a gift, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You have to use it, and. Through the series, through the series finale, we get him finally living up to what Pop wanted. Like he's been trying to this whole time, but we finally get the, that actualized here. I think if Cottonmouth had ever been the main antagonist for Luke, that would have it would have felt like two seasons. But Cottonmouth never felt like the main antagonist. It, the main antagonist for me was always Mariah and the criminal justice system. It was never it was never just Cottonmouth. Yeah, and because of that, it. It definitely was a divide, but it didn't feel like in Jessica Jones there there you know there are two episodes that really feel like down episodes where it's trying to find its voice again, and the same with Daredevil season two, and this didn't really f- have that feel to it for me. Yeah, this is right, right before she goes back to the and, house. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into yeah. everything uh, with the, we'll get into our thoughts towards the end, like the season as a whole. But let's yeah. let's first let's talk about the finale. Yeah, itself. sure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, good, I felt it in my soul, guys. Right? <laughs> like, Joel just made a noise. <laughs> like, it was like words. Um, but what what did you guys think? Of, we opened up on the flashback. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get we get to see young Carl and young uh, Stryker. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was like, they all. Both of them have so many names that we could call. Yeah. Like, is it Luke? Is it Carl? Is it? Willis is a striker. Is a Diamondback Power Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. They've been saying that they were like brothers at one point, and I thought that it was just kind of his childhood, and maybe there was a rivalry that began in high school and they started playing football um, because he made such a big deal about like dad. You know, even though I have this great arm, he always wanted to run the play because he favored you to see them act like he taught him how to box like and it was real like brotherly. Like I loved seeing their early relationship and how. You know, they were in it for each other. And then he even says at the end, like, if you're in my corner, then I'm fine. We've got yeah. this. And I was like, where did it go wrong? <laughs> like, where where did did uh, um, Diamondback decide all of a sudden that, like, I'm taking you down? I'm so curious about when that that switch happened for him. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. and But uh, you see little pieces of it, like that moment when Luke, or I guess Carl at the time, goes, you know, I'm a Lucas. Yes. And, like, Diamondback has to collect himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the sense that it pro- I mean, because when they both, like, it, what they said in the earlier episodes, that they got caught stealing a car. Mm. Um, and they were, they, they were going to get, they got caught, they were gave, found guilty, and Their dad helped. the Reverend, like, mm-hmm. made a, like, the dad made a deal for Carl, slash Luke, to go to the military. Mm-hmm. Instead, or into the military academy, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but uh, 
Willis was sent to juvie, where he then got, like got attacked and then sent it, like got a sentence extended Increased, yeah. because he like killed a guy defending himself. So how is like, that Luke's fault and not your dad's fault? Like, does he? I wonder. Maybe he just feels Luke had to come back. For I mean, him. it's the jealous. I think it's the jealousy <laughs> aspect of it that, like, I mean, this is a guy who's clearly unbalanced. Luke represents so. the dad. Because he's yeah. the golden child, he's the person that the dad, he thought at least that the dad loved so much and that got the love that he never got. So Luke represents that to him. And maybe if Luke's gone, dad will love him. Because we don't know, dad doesn't seem to be dead. We don't have any indication of that. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, Temple asks when they're at the church, was like, where's dad? And Carl's, or yeah, Luke Cage says it doesn't matter, you know, because huh. he threw him out. So I have a feeling dad's still around season two we get one i would just like to see who their dad is um i scoured the posters in the back no batlin matt murdoch no no <laughs> no no murdoch posters in the back no I was, crusher creel no crusher creel no no i was looking for it i could not find any i was like it's so convenient so many boxing references in the series there should be a a, a batlin murdoch poster somewhere i could not find any they're they were battling in the kitchen though they i guess they could have made it over there but yeah Again, not that far. <laughs> <laughs> you can throw a rock from Hell's Kitchen. I to mean, Harlem. Luke probably could. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, all right, but so like we come back, like, and it, it, they they cut in between this boxing match that Carl is in with the fight. That took up like half the episode. Oh my God, so long. Um, but it was awesome. Yeah, I, it didn't feel too long for like I was, but I just kept being like, I know this is only like forty five minutes, and we've been in this fight for like fifteen minutes. We've got to wrap this up. It's crazy. It was good though. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of the suit now that it's in action? Like now we know it's Hammer Tech. It's more Hammer Tech that uh, like clearly uh, Justin Hammer is like dealing under the table, mm. or it, Dimeback's got like a really good way to like steal from. Yeah, right. Hammer tech. Um, Maybe as an inside guy. Yeah, something I mean, like that. I, definitely from the interview last time, you could see the inspiration from like a flight suit. Yeah, definitely. Like the little yeah. epaulets on the side, yeah. and like it looked really sleek. Uh, and it looked great being thrown into a ceiling and then uh, dropped on the ground. Uh, cool. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> to, our, our, to our fighters here, if you actually do these things, what, what did you guys think of the fight? Like just coordinated wise, um, I thought the coordination was really good. I, from uh, my perspective, I thought it was really interesting that Luke, having been used to having super strength, used his strength a lot more. Whereas Diamondback, being new to that whole world, he was using his boxing ability, but he, but he wasn't doing any of the like throwing around. So mm-hmm. like, I thought that was a good way to distinguish the two of them. No, yeah. I agree. Um, I thought that the choreography was awesome. Especially, I loved knowing that any time that when. Um, Diamondback hit him and like the reaction from like cars and stuff like it wasn't just like oh man he got thrown into a car like that thing caved in yeah, and mm-hmm. shook like I loved that and I love that there was uh, the one thing I did notice was that most of the time when you're doing fight choreography there's a lot of like shoulder moving and stuff like that it showed their fight style because uh, uh, Stryker was up the entire time like fully like he wasn't really like moving around a lot but he was like straightforward one foot in front of the other like it looked like he was he's been boxing for a while right because that's how my dad boxes it's just it's straight up it's like he's a freaking tree so i liked that even with all the gear and the helmet like it yeah. just looked like he was like i know what i'm doing and we've been through this before 
go ahead and try me. Um, the only thing I didn't like was uh, there's a shot where it's coming from the perspective of somebody watching. I think it was uh, Mom and and Candace watching it on screen. And there's a part where they're in the barbershop and Stryker's, like, kneeing him, but, like, you can't see the knees actually connecting to a point, and all you see is, like, him kind of bouncing up and down. And I was like, okay, now this looks like I'm watching the WWE. But it's, like, (laughs) it's not supposed to look like... Because, I mean, we're watching it pretty close. Like, Mm -hmm. you guys can't see that, but when we're watching the show, we're, like, right up against the screen. If we were, like, where I'm sitting and and where Luke Cage is sitting there... You can't really tell. Mm. So I knew it wasn't like a big deal, but to me, I was like. <laughs> also, to kind of piggyback on that, with fight theory, they were even talking about like you have to breathe, you have to give yourself oxygen. Mm-hmm. When you're fighting a bigger guy, you have to wait them out, you have to let them tire themselves out because all those muscles, all of that needs all that <laughs> oxygen. And so Luke Cage, towards the end, we, you guys were saying, like, you rope-a-doped him, where he just oh, let him beautiful. use all of the power in the suit, basically, and let him tire himself out using that suit, and then was able to, like, come back and say all of those badass lines. Yeah. <laughs> From an audience perspective, it was lovely to just see the crowd forming around. I really wanted somebody to yell out World Star. I just, <laughs> I just wanted it to pop up. Just the logo. Just the logo. <laughs> <laughs> like, World Star. I also, I also have to talk about the fact that uh, I always, I don't know the guy's name, the guy who sells the bootleg DVDs, but the fact that he literally called his friend and said, bring the 4K. <laughs> and Zach pointed out like, exactly what type of camera it was. Yeah, I nerded out. They got a, they got a red camera. And Those are expensive. Expensive. Those are really expensive. So yeah. in my brain, I was like, okay, what truck did that fall off of? Because that's messed up. Unless he actually spent money on that. He got it from that's Turk, like, bro. Yeah, he probably got it from Turk. That makes more sense. But like, I love that he had a full rig. Like, that was crazy. Because yeah, yeah. I thought he was just going to hold it. But yeah. he was like, all right, I got this. Let's but do like, it. A shoulder rig? 4K for 4K. They got it. They know it's Oh, on. man. And it was just, it was just beautiful. Because it just felt like it was like two guys in the like just two guys in a community who just really needed to hash out like two brothers just like all right we know these guys just let them <laughs> just let them fight it out we're just here to like make sure that everyone gets their asses knocked out like you know that kind of thing that, like, that was know. the dp just being like you can't put a red on someone's shoulder if you don't have a rig <laughs> yeah. if you don't have a rig we're not gonna shoot this i'm sorry <laughs> you can't sense? just put it up there all right well <laughs> somebody r- go get a runner and go get a rig now <laughs> I, I feel like a, well a red like just isn't built you can't really use it without a, a exactly mouth, yeah that's like, why I thought it would have been funnier if he's like trying to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But like, I, you almost get the sense that like they just like were like, oh crap, we gotta outfit this guy. Okay, camera department, can we borrow <laughs> some of your stuff? <laughs> I like that we also get a Rocky moment in here when everyone's oh, yeah. chanting Luke, Luke, Luke. 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 Oh, and Claire was offbeat. Luke, Luke. This Luke. Luke. had to stand out. <laughs> yeah. Claire's yeah. like, he loves me best though, guys. Take a step so back. I can say whatever I want. This episode, and this isn't a negative thing at all, but. Uh, this episode was incredibly corny in a great oh, wow. in a great yeah. way, and I mean they call it out like Luke and Claire call each other corny a bunch of times in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was incredibly corny, but it was definitely the way this show had to end. It had to end with Harlem ending it and not just Luke by himself. Yeah, which which is what that moment was when they were all cheering for him. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the suit a little bit. In that, I like that now he has a giant diamond on his back in that suit. Yeah. Um, and, and just the weird technique. <laughs> I had it connected that. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I really wanted him to rip it off and be like, I, I the diamond's thinking, gone like, now. Right. There's, there's that shot where he's looking at the at the mm-hmm. backpack I and then like. Like he he is aware of what it does. Like I I can't see why Luke with all of his power 
didn't just go for that. Which like I, get him in a bear hug and, and just, like. Ugh, I'm not sure Luke was trying to end it though. Like no, there, he has this whole moment of like you need to stop before I really hurt you. Like I'm not trying to fight my brother here in the street. Like you, you've brought this fight, and even at the, the way he chooses to end it is like I'm just gonna let you get exhausted, and I'm just doing one two punch, and we're just gonna let it. I be. mean, he no, put but, some yeah. traction. Like, <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is like this: it would have been a very Luke Cage way to like end it without hurting his brother. I'm not saying bear hug and like kill him. I'm saying like if he just rips the power supply off the back then he loses all of the power of the suit. Okay. Yeah, but it's new technology, so you don't know if ripping that off will like cause it to explode or something no, to that no, effect. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. From, from what I know about comic book suits, the power source is almost always a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Atomic. Every time. Atomic bomb. Well, then you throw it and you accidentally make a new Hulk <laughs> and you move forward. <laughs> Harlem's had Hulks before. Yeah, it can true. handle it. Just get another, we'll just get a Red Hulk or something. It'd be great. I mean, if we wanted to get She-Hulk in here. Or She-Hulk, yeah! Oh, <laughs> just, got another lawyer. Stop I just want a legal drama starring She-Hulk. I don't even want a legal... I want, like a, I want an Ally McBeal-style yeah. like, yes. comedy yes. drama starring Jennifer Walt. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I have great. a mighty need! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, anyway, <laughs> without just talking about MCU, like, I know fantasies. we really could. Because um, we already got our fantasies like coming true with Luke Cage. That's true. Um, so, but by the end of the fight, like once Luke ends it, mm. he, like he, what did you guys think of ESU coming in? Like they're surrounded. Like I felt like they were about to. I, I couldn't decide if they were like getting ready to like just take out the winner or like if they're like letting what did you guys think they were they, they were doing as you were saying I think they were just gonna let whoever wins great they'll take out one guy we'll take out the other and then we'll wrap this whole mess up um and thank god Misty was there to be like uh-huh, you can back up no yeah again it's a crowd of people like and they have machine guns like it's not like they had a clear shot that if they missed they weren't going to hit a whole bunch of innocent people behind them so I think I think it was a mix of like Misty needing to control it, but also I don't think they were shooting yet because there were so many people there. Yeah, because yeah. what if they missed since they had Judas bullets? What if they blew up a house? Or yeah, well, a yeah. van and then shrap like there's or so many if you, things. If you hit a person, it's like it's bad enough to shoot somebody, especially yeah. by accident. But, but like this would not just like hit somebody and then they're bleeding. Like you could, cause yeah. if you, even if you yeah. hit them in the shoulder, they are going to explode. <laughs> yeah. That person is just gonna erupt. Yeah. <laughs> In front of everybody, in front of news crews, like, yeah. oh, that would have been, ah, oh, I don't even want to think about it. See, at oh, one point no. I thought we were going to go riot direction. Yeah, I thought yeah. gas canisters might be tossed out. I thought they mm. were going to try to disperse because, I mean, the show's had its, you know, thumb on the pulse for a while and aspects of it looked like, if you saw the rights in Ferguson um, or even uh, yeah. in Flint and in Detroit, uh, I, I saw aspects of it, so I thought, I'm kind of glad we didn't, but... Yeah. Uh, I definitely had that thought at one point of, like, it's going to go down. This crowd is going to get mauled. It's going to be terrible. No, I'm really glad that they actually stayed away from, like, we had mostly peaceful protests, which mm-hmm. I really liked. I mean, obviously, even though we had we had a protest in the club, there was nothing actually happening. And the shooting was mostly because they were trying to go after Luke Cage, not because yeah. they were trying to shoot right. civilians. Like, I liked that we kind of strayed away from that. Look, we can't tackle all the political no, issues no, in one, one, one season. I'm okay with this. Again, they... 
Good cops. Thanks for Misty being there and being like, we don't have to do this. Yeah, we can. Mm-hmm. We can. He's keep... gonna go with you anyway. It yeah. was interesting to see that cop later back at the station, like when he listens to Luke's speech. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, oh, I'm not a good guy. <laughs> but he was still trying to be like, oh, I still have things. I'm still, still grumpy. <laughs> that was a great moment because. You had like six cops all making up reasons to be in the room (laughs) at the same time. Like they're all just like, I needed more uh, sugar for this coffee. What's going on here? Can I borrow your stapler? Yeah, I was thinking, I was the guy that was holding papers. I was like, what do you need? A stapler? Like, what are you doing? I'm just organizing in here where it's quiet. Paperwork. You guys know how paperwork goes. (laughs) But I. what I really liked about the scene was that uh, you weren't quite sure who was dirty and who wasn't, and we already yeah. know half of the police force is. So it was mm-hmm. interesting to see it affect people, and you're not quite sure yeah. what their mm-hmm. uh, position in the game is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like interesting like people like reacting to Luke as he goes through this. We had that one guy like stroll through as he's as Luke's talking to Claire. He's like, "Thanks for keeping Harlem safe, baby." Yeah. <laughs> and then he just keeps going. I'm, I really wanted the camera to just follow that guy for the rest of his day. <laughs> just like, see what that guy's up you to. You guys talking about that Luke Cage fight. Did you see that? Luke Cage fight last night? It was on the news. I was there. I, I said something to if him. If Pops had been up and running, that would have been the spot after yeah. we yeah. got yeah. Pops talk about the fight. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, someone in the chat, a super lamb banana. Wow, uh, said, "Oh my God, She Hulk and Daredevil trying to outlawyer each other should be a dream come true." Yeah, <gasps> yeah, That'd be yeah. Great. In court together, Zach, it's okay. Uh, Keep it together. <laughs> uh, I want it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Paralegal White Tiger. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, oh. all right, all right. Um, but so as they, ha- I, there's a moment I really, impre- I really liked, um, and I think it, it was funny, but it also said a lot about how the public views Luke. Is as they're pulling him to, taking him to the police station to interview him, the news media is catching up and they're like yelling questions at him, and one person just goes, "Are you single?" Uh. <laughs> um, which, like, it could, in a, in a sense, it's all, it's sort of like a throwaway gag, mm. but when you actually start stop and think about it, like, think about any press like thing you've seen for especially for like for celebrities like not for for politicians or criminals or anything because they they'll shout like more direct questions like did you do it why did you do all that stuff but he is crossing a line he is both on the uh like criminal case side like where he's like involved but like he's also fighting but he's also absolutely hit a point where of celebrity yeah in this neighborhood to where people would like TMZ, I could totally see TMZ being in this crowd. Maybe not this one, but, like, the next time, like, yelling at Luke Cage, like, what's the deal with you and Misty? (laughs) Why is there that weird woman who apparently might be a nurse is following you all the time? You guys like coffee? No. (laughs) But no, I agree. And I I also think that um, we also got a little bit of a snippet where the guys were trying to film with the 4K, and he's like, no, 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 no. He needs some Brother discre- needs discretion. discretion. And I was like, okay, you can leave now. <laughs> it also gave us that wonderful moment where it was, Luke was like, kind of not, but you know, are, are, we're not in a relationship yet. But also, I'm pretty taken by her, so she can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yay, them forever! <laughs> yes! And on the other side of that, we see when Mariah leaves the police station, she's being interviewed as well. And like oh. giving Ooh, giving a God. statement as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we we'll go back and talk about Mariah in a minute. But like while yeah. we're talking about Luke and Claire, 
Yeah. Um, that kiss. I'm oh, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so beautiful. Luke has the corniest pickup line. Oh my God. Uh, One, I'm calling you out, Luke, for using an inside joke with the last girl that you slept with on the new girl you're trying to sleep with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. think that we didn't notice that. <laughs> technically, <laughs> we did. But also... Technically, just sorry. Yeah, uh, it was a joke between him and Pops, not uh, Misty Getting specific. Coffee. Yes, boom. <laughs> but also, a hundred percent true to life that if you're a guy and you learn something <laughs> works, you just do it over and over again until it doesn't that. work. I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I do this as well. Yeah. It's totally accurate. Yeah. To often failing results the second time. Sometimes, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this worked last time. God damn it. Yeah. Why? That, that Cuban coffee line, I was like, I'm so done right now. Oh my I can't. God. I was like, Joelle was like, yeah. I was in it. She was, she was stood, amazing. She stood up. There was hand waving. Like, it was a whole it was a whole thing. It was I'm so mad I didn't Snapchat moment. that because Joelle was <laughs> feeling every line, word, and emotion. Been, since Claire showed up, I've been like, let's get it on. <laughs> Claire and Luke together, no. since they showed up. I'm and, sorry, they're beautiful people. They so, really are. So beautiful. God. After seeing them finally together, and then in the hallway when she like runs after him, I'm like, oh my god, this is so perfect. I'm such a romantic guy. This is yeah. It was so it was so loud in the room. Uh, you guys didn't hear me go. What is going? Are we gonna watch them bang? <laughs> <laughs> right now. For a minute. For a minute, I was like. Are they, are they gonna have sex in this break room? Dude, they're not gonna give them time to do that. You <laughs> <laughs> just sw- karate chops the table in half and grabs her, <laughs> and it turns into a bed. <laughs> My other takes power. Off, takes off his hoodie and he's like, "Here you go, baby." Are you guys trying to get the Luke Cage porno right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's sad? I bet you right now someone's like, "Yeah, Luke Cage porno, bad fiction, erotica, Luke Cage porno." Guys, we are in the valley right now. No, we like seriously, get someone's listening. <laughs> podcast and like actually filming he's like oh hey change that scene we gotta do it this way these guys know what I'm pretty sure Viv is like 10 minutes away it is you, I see that you can see they're building from the highway we can yeah. throw a rock yeah. at Viv <laughs> I don't know what that is oh. Oh. Uh, you don't know what Viv is you don't have to film it you know yet, what so moving on it's fine. moving so, on we'll talk I, moving on Sorry. I was just gonna say that like we think of it as corny but that's like romance man no, that's like is. some smooth Chivalry ash. You ain't never dropped some lines. Like when I was a kid, we were like, you know, when you're trying to spit game, like you gotta you gotta be real clever, you gotta make sure like the girl knows that you're into her. And so I I felt like that was a nice throwback. And also Damn, that was so smooth, guys. Right? Just no, like that coffee. He I want to pull the panel. I want to pull the panel. Have you ever tried something that cheesy and had it work? And much Damn right. Yeah. Yes, yep. yes, yep. 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 I can think it's of three adorable. girlfriends right now who will text me right now <laughs> and tell me the exact line I used, and it would be terrible. I'm not gonna do it. But it's charming. I just want, I just want Tori on my phone to just be like, "You say that's cheesy, but that's romance." <laughs> 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 like I want that recording over and over. Well, like, can we talk, let's talk about their romance. The fact that like it's not sex that connects them. They're not like 
kissing first date, their attraction is so soul based that it's it's kind of wonderful to see, especially after like I've I've been reading a lot of like people online talking about like oh who jumped who Misty or Luke and I'm like yo that was like a one night stand like there was no there was no connection it was just no lust. they yeah, just like yeah, poking yeah. each other's buttons and then they were like let's just poke the Not ultimate just, button look, yep that yeah, was just a, go a for really, it. Was a I'm really damn. glad you ended that with uns. <laughs> <laughs> That, it was a hot sex scene, but yeah. like that's just it. Like it was one night of passion, and yeah. then they're like, "We're business partners now." Yeah, yeah. like they're and they're, barely they're, that. It took a yeah. long time just to get to the partners, yeah. like on the same page. Kind of antagonistic towards each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the fact yeah. that now that we like what you pointed out when we got to see all of them in front of Pop's barbershop, like he was fully embracing Claire, Claire, Claire <laughs> at this point, and Misty was just like, "All right, yeah, we're, we're here. We're professionals. We're adults. We can move on. We had sex once." Even yeah. in the basement, she says it's good. You just sound like a married couple. Yeah, it's it was good. adorable. Yeah, no, they're oh, they're so perfect. Yeah, he's still he was doing that forehead kiss. You don't do that with someone that right? you're, yeah, you're that's, just that's one extreme, night standing. Yeah, that's extremely personal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm still not sure whether this is enough to convert me from my Luke Jessica ship. Um, and here's well, here's the main okay, thing because I was right. also <laughs> not totally against uh, Claire Devil. Mm-hmm. When we Ooh, and I, here's the thing, I think part of it comes down to the fact that Rosario Dawson is just so good that it's a little <laughs> bit of like Black Widow syndrome, where that like part of the problem mm-hmm. with Black Widow was that she had such strong chemistry with whichever person they paired her up with for a movie, yeah. that like you instantly were shipping them just because Scarlett Johansson was so good. Uh, hell so yeah. it, it like it went beyond it like it wasn't about the character anymore. It was just about these two actors working oh, really well it's together. It's Black Widow Hulk forever anyway, so <laughs> look I'm <laughs> just saying that is where it is. But if you go, but go rewatch Winter Soldier on the I other never hand. felt it. They were playing with each other. I can't get into this conversation right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can go on and on. But here's, it's, but here's it's the re- thing. It's relevant. No, it totally yeah. is. Defenders, yeah. defenders, it's just going to be an alternative relationship. Everyone's going to be with everyone. Ooh, it's ooh, just going to be swapping this. every night. It's going to be a beautiful world. Netflix is going for it. And Marvel <laughs> no, is going not for not it. Into it. No. Didn't Netflix have like an for adult it. section at one point? I was like, stop. Just stop. <laughs> oh, we're gosh. done here. <laughs> Um, but no, I think I agree with with what Zach said. I think that it, it is kind of that we it just oh god, she's so gorgeous. Um, that yeah, anytime that she's with somebody, you can just kind of pick up on that. But I think because we had more, not really that we had more time with it. It just feel it just felt like Luke Cage and Claire just kind of clicked immediately. Yeah. yeah, for me at least, they wrote them together more. Yeah, but it was also that like they were writing uh, Karen and. Matt together, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but like there was like, a strong contingent. Like when we were doing Daredevil, there was a strong contingent of fans who wanted yeah. him to get with Claire because their connection also really connected. And we're anti Electra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. I also feel like there, in terms of relationships, mm-hmm. there are like if we were to go with Claire <laughs> Devil, <laughs> we were going. <laughs> I just dig it, man. <laughs> Um, for Claire Devil, like, they, they don't, they, they got along, but I never felt like they would ever make a good relationship. They weren't forever. Right. Always. And, and same with, like, same with, uh, you could say Luke and Misty or Luke and Jessica. Mm -hmm. Like, Luke and, and, and Misty never knew each other. No. And Luke and Jessica, they were amused and enamored with the fact that they both could go all out on each other. 
But like, yeah, they, did. they were too closed off to ever really connect. They, they were, they were both working damaged. through some stuff. Yeah. Like they were, they both had baggage, and it's yeah. and it's hard starting a relationship with baggage that you haven't even got yourself through to bring another person who also has baggage to work with them on that as right. well. Jessica also killed his. Ex- yeah. his wife so yeah. who yeah. now we don't know what she was up to so. yeah, but, I mean that's also true yeah. but, but the still that's, of her death. that's some weird emotional yeah. Yeah. look there's a lot of stuff for them to get over I still maintain that I think like Right now, yes, I can see Luke and Claire being like together long term in a much smoother oh, sense. Babies are gonna be I so still, damn there's, cute. there's still a part of me that just sees Luke and Jessica as like yes, what we saw them together is not like how their relationship mm. would like need to be if they were gonna be together. But I felt like they both brought the each one brought the other to a place that was going to help them just move forward and live like a good a better life than they had at the moment. Now, I don't know where Luke I mean, is going to be. he broke her circular saw without ever fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Oh my god. <laughs> that hurts. So bad. So We're do it over here. Random callback. All right. But like, regardless, look, for right now... <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, like but yeah, I'm very curious to see. Like, so you guys, like, let us know in the comments, like, who uh, you're, who you favor in the in this argument. Um, <laughs> but I, look, but I, I, we, I'm just saying we don't need to keep talking about it. Great. Shades yeah. of Mariah. It's all I was no, say. I don't want to talk okay. about this. Let's get. We we'll, have to talk about let's it. Let's get to Mariah, and then we'll come back to Luke okay. to talk about the very end. Um, because Mariah, she finally gets arrested after the fight. Yeah. Go Misty. We'll go Misty. Um, Yeah. Uh, although Mariah anticipated it. She she knew that, like, she was done. Like, she was getting arrested, so she had to, like, she had to spin. (sighs) Poor Candace. Poor Candace. We all knew it, too. Yeah. We're all waiting for it. Here's here's the thing that that bothered me about this whole whole sequence. So we we got Mariah going to jail, and they book her, and they're interrogating her, and they're playing it out to, like, trying to get her to talk and spill. One, I don't think Mariah answers all their questions without an attorney present. No. That threw me off, because, like, you don't ever go into an interrogation room without your attorney, and she's too smart to especially not. Especially as a politician, especially knowing you're guilty as hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just it when they finally like when once Candace got shot, and like they they drop that news, there is more than enough evidence to get through a grand jury. Yeah, yeah. They they can place her at the scene of the crime when it happened. They have a. A testimony. It might not be strong testimony, but still testimony of a witness saying that she killed him. It's it's more than enough to at least get a grand jury. And it's the DA who gets to decide whether something goes to trial or not. No, she did. She did decide. She uh, Misty did say, and I'll grant them this. Like they did acknowledge that. Like she said, the DA would never press the charges because she's because she is politically connected and you also don't want to maybe walk like you don't want to like the same thing with the cops like you don't want to announce corruption like that but I have a question even of a former councilwoman but I'm confused because when Misty said that because she took money from Mariah in my brain I'm like isn't that more evidence that you can use because she 
Yeah. She got paid to lie. So now what she's saying, what she's saying from a lawyer perspective does make sense. Like there is enough there Mm -hmm. to cast reasonable doubt on Candace's testimony. So if that's the key piece of evidence that you're using, there's enough reasonable doubt amongst this case that she might be acquitted. I still think there's more than enough to go to trial and especially just even holding her for like overnight while you can while you try to gather more evidence. They haven't they haven't scoured the the barber shop yet. Mm -hmm. They haven't like dealt with they haven't interrogated Diamond back to see like it just it it felt like they were they didn't need to release Mariah this quickly and the fact that she just was able to just walk out just immediately she was just like alright thanks I'm gonna have my fur coat back on I'm out of here she she had a cop put her in a fur coat yeah that was amazing (laughs) what I liked the most about these scenes with Mariah is like the duality is that like I think a lot of other uh, directors or showrunners would have been like, let's really highlight the fact that she's got this dual personality and that she's able to switch it. But this show never calls it out directly. and They just let her slide in between mm-hmm. these two, like, uh, this this timid, I- I'm not quite sure what I'm doing and, and maybe it won't work, so I will kill you in like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. And it's so quick. And, and to see her revel afterwards as they're putting the coat on her as she like she's gives that giddy. little smile to mm-hmm. Luke, it's Fabulous! Like it's wonderful just to watch her do her thing. Um, a little unnerving, but also to have her be set up as excuse the pun kingpin for the next um, arc, wherever they decide to take Luke next. It's it's going to be exciting. It's fun. It's yeah. also it's also interesting seeing Misty Knight get pushed into vigilantism. Yes. Yeah, vigilantism. Yeah, that's a yeah, word. That's a word. I think so. I'm going to say vigilantism. I. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's interesting to see that, like she, she worked within, like she worked within the police parameters, and it did not work out. That yeah. this woman is clearly guilty of murder and more, and she's walking out the front door, getting a fur coat put on her by a police officer. Yeah, and it's 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 a great way to see that. You know, at the end when we see Misty looking amazing oh, yes. uh, in the club, yes. like. Again, a mighty need. A mighty need. Yes. Those shoulders, it's amazing. She looks (laughs) like she does in the comic books. Just like. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet she still has no subtlety. She's just staring right at I was thinking the same thing. I was like, and now we're back to square one, Missy. What happened? To me, this now makes sense. Like, her inspector says, you know, you need to learn to work within the system. And you can get to see Missy that. Like, that's never going to happen. Like, she's just like, I'm not interested in working with the system. And she's never been interested in working with the system. Her interest has always been Harlem first. How do I make this space where I live and nothing bad happened to what happened to my cousin can happen again if I'm here, if I'm on the streets. And, like, she's not afraid. She's not trying to be sneaky. She's not a spy. She's out here to, she, she, what did she say? Uh, I don't seek justice. I... Seek truth or no, 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 no! I stalk it. Yeah, yeah. stalk it. Yeah. She is stalking justice right now, and it's beautiful. And she just saw the system let a guilty person go and put an innocent person back in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, she's gonna be at that club. Just like, I see you. I see you up I there. See you. I'm waiting for you to screw up just once. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I, I love this. I guess parallel moment of both of their arcs coming to fruition, mostly because. Like they they finally become who they've always who they were always meant to be. Like yeah. in, the, in the last episode, Mariah was saying how she always felt like this was who she was and she had fought against it. And now seeing her embrace it 
was a, it was masterful, mm-hmm. and it was it, I feel like you you could finally see her comfortable in her skin the same way uh, you see with Misty, where she had been fighting against the idea of vigilantes, and now like she knows that it doesn't work. Like she got it thrown in her face a couple episodes ago with when Luke was like, "Are you tired of seeing people walk away?" And like that finally hit in this episode, and I I love that we were able to see that, and just in that one moment where she's staring and you see her and Mariah. Yeah, and and that it kind of parallels Daredevil, where Daredevil season one was mostly just an origin story for Kingpin, where it feels like a lot of uh, Luke Cage season one was dedicated to being an origin story for Black Mariah, the kind of the antagonist of Harlem. Yeah, um, it's. I like that this is very much like an origin story. I yeah. think the same way that like. A lot of the first seasons, um, sort of with the exception of Jessica Jones, um, of the TV shows, and then uh, in the movies, the same thing. Like, the first in each character's story is them becoming the character that we're more familiar with from the comics. Like, the first Captain America, like, is him, like, it's by the, it's like, not even at the midpoint necessarily that he truly becomes Captain America as Mm -hmm. we know him. It's only towards the end. And then the second time we meet them is them in, like, fully evolved form. And and the thing that's satisfying about that, it's different than origin stories in comic books, because usually an origin story in a comic book is just how the person got their powers. Yeah. And the way they're doing origin stories in the MCU and in Netflix is not how they got their powers, but when they decided that they'd had enough and when they decided to be a hero and what made them become heroic. I like that you bring that up because uh, for Misty, if I and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the comics, it's losing her arm that kind of propels her yeah. into uh, crime fighting. And I like that she's deciding to do it just because she thinks that's the best way that she can help. She doesn't have powers. She's not, you know, except for her very awesome power of being able to detect, do detective work and be in a scene. Oh, it's uh, so cool to see. It's yeah. so wonderful. Um and, and, of course, we all expected her to lose her arm last episode. And then we're like, well, maybe it'll, like, this episode, it'll suddenly be, like, dead arm. But, no, it's still going. Nope. I have I have kind of predictions for that. Chekhov's appendage. I can wait. <laughs> I can wait until, I don't know if we'll have time for If you for put it, an yeah. arm on the shelf at the beginning of a play, <laughs> it must be removed by the end of that play. <laughs> Uh, and, and the same with Luke Cage. We saw at the end, Luke is no longer in the shadows. He's seen enough. Enough has happened. He's going to, you know, if he's going to be put in jail, you don't need handcuffs. He'll walk right in. He'll serve his time as the state of Georgia thinks he needs to serve. Like, all of that kind of stuff. Like, you see that they that he had a complete arc as well, and now he's ready to be Luke Cage and be the hero that he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, he's not... I mean, here's the thing. Like, once they get him down there and, like, go, he goes to, like, trial or whatever, because even for the escape, I think you need to go... You need to have a trial of yeah. some kind. Like, they have... Like, are they going to try to cover up the, like, experiments and things? Like, if he has testimony, like, how do you think I got these powers <laughs> that I didn't have when I went to jail? Like, you experimented on me. I punched through a wall. Yeah, like... <laughs> At the very minimum, that is enough for them to be like, all right, we got to sort of let this guy go because human rights violations yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, everyone is sort of picked, like, is off on, like, they've moved into their next steps. Uh, Mariah is taking over Harlem's Paradise. She's turned into her, like, her spot. Takes down the Biggie poster. Damn. Two crowns. Throws up two crowns. So, I know when we were watching, we all had different interpretations of this. Yeah. Because yeah. the way I Im- immediately saw it was, it's two crowns, her and Shades, like, running this town together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their their kiss is sort of what, what cemented that. Uh, that you most uh, awkward kiss. Yeah, we're like... The best kiss ever, you guys! But, but the heat Shades out. didn't... It felt like Shades was just standing yeah. there. Shades... All right. She, she, <laughs> Alexis, I think you have thoughts. <laughs> Go on. I hate the kiss. Um, no, it was just, it really creeped me out. I really, I mean, I know that Joelle really wanted it, and I wanted it for her because Joelle's my lady. But I was like, dear God, please don't, don't do it. Um, for the the painting though, I actually thought it was her taking the crown of Cornell, and then now with her crown and saying that I have got two now, woo, like kind of thing to me. It was like she was taking over an old kingdom while doing her own new ones. It was, I don't know, it felt like she like took. She had her own crown and took his. That's what I took from that. Like she, you know. Yeah, I thought it was you know Nefertiti, you know, uniting the two crowns of Egypt, where she has the upper kingdom, which mm-hmm. is her as a congresswoman, as a person yeah. in the public, and then she has the lower kingdom, where this isn't a, a good analogy, by the way. That's not what the two crowns of Egypt were. But I thought, <laughs> I, I thought of two crowns, and that's the first name that came in. Uh, and then she has the other crown, and that's the underworld. She's now she's a gangster now as well, she's and like she's doing both. And that's what the two because she stood and she had both crowns on. No, when she stopped, she was only standing she was under only one. one. I saw there yeah. was there was an angle where she had both on her head. It was where Zach and I were. Yeah. When she when she stopped, like when she you're right. At one moment she, she was under she both. She stopped but and the camera kept going though. And when the camera mm-hmm. kept going, she was under both. We'd have to check in. I'm pretty sure it was that when she stopped, she hung under the left one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Shades never stood under the other one, no. so yeah, he just got awkwardly down. kissed. Yeah, it, <sighs> I, that was what confused me about it, is that, is that like Shades looked like he was he like he smiled afterwards, like he had won, I guess, but he didn't kiss back, at least visibly from our perspective, I, and I, it made the whole thing. I thought it was a really interesting reversal on like power dynamics where like usually it's like a man who's powerful and he's got and he's got like a servant lady (laughs) and like he goes and kisses her and she's like oh great thank you for this is my job (laughs) (laughs) and instead it was a reversal where like now you know Mariah has all the power and Shades is like well I this is my job. No, yeah, Shades thought, is number two, guys. Yeah, Shades has been he... looking for someone to support, rep, and stand behind day, since day one. Like, he's behind Diamondback because he was the strongest. He helped out with uh, Cottonmouth because maybe Cottonmouth was poised to take over. He had a lot of position of power. It could have worked. But the minute he saw that he was unhinged, he backed off. And then he found Mariah. Look at you, he says, when she kills Cottonmouth. Like, this has been building for a while. And the whole idea, like, I just don't... There was zero the, passion in that kiss. Well, no, she's but I, the, yeah. she's I the dominant I, figure. Like, I don't think there needed to be a lot of passion for him. I think he's just happy where he is. I think he's just, I mean, like, I I just thought as he took it as a reward. Like, he's like, I got, I finished my mission. I, I got a kiss out I, of it as meaning, like, I, I won. Like, I feel like Shades would have gotten kissed by Diamondback and Cottonmouth the same way. No! Where it's like, this is just, this is my job. <laughs> no. I'm your number two. Shades is not a passionate uh, person. We never see him... 
Why? Like, throw himself into any emotions. He doesn't get very angry. He doesn't get very sad. He's not gleeful. He's been I in mean, a pretty temperate space throughout the entire series. I just don't think he's, like, a very... It's not a hot and passionate relationship. It's it. a partnership with a little, like, a dash of love mixed in, and it's beautiful. I, I didn't feel like there was any romance in it. I felt like it yes. was more like nope. she's she going, I'm going to take what I want, and yeah. him going, yep, we're in this together. <laughs> yep. I don't understand why, you, why Sheets has never been in a position to be like, like, he hasn't taken shit from anybody. Why start taking from Mariah now? She hasn't done anything to power play him. I wouldn't qualify it as shit. I think it was like, to, to me, it wasn't even like, uh, we're going to be in a relationship now. It was just like, I wanted that. I'm, I'm taking that. And then and I'm going to do it. Be- yeah. Okay, you know, I'll see If that's all it was, it's still a beautiful moment to me. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it was a great moment for her. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. Shades was just there. Yeah. I want them to be in love, guys. I can't help it. I that ship them. is blinding the crap out of you. But it's okay, because I love watching how beautiful. gleeful you are, and I'm okay with it. I um, just think that Shades was just out of it. Yeah. Um, we did get that awesome, We talk, I think we talked about it very briefly a second ago, but that shot outside of Pops, when they're like, this place doesn't want to be a barbershop anymore. Yeah. Oh. And like, we see that shot of like, what is clearly going to be the crew that about. converts Pops' barbershop into a damn office for Heroes for Hire. Also, we get Claire getting a Colleen Wing yes. uh, uh, fight school. Yeah, yes. so thing. for, for yeah. people who weren't, like, who didn't notice it because it's very quick and very small, yeah. and when Claire goes up to, yeah, but we, like, we can see it just enough that it's like, obviously, she's gonna go get some self defense training. Yeah. Because she's should. like, I keep getting into the, I moved <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> getting these situations. <laughs> But so she's like, I should probably learn some self defense. Um, and she, the, she just <laughs> happens to pick out Colleen Wing's school, ah! which is for those of you who don't know, uh, a character who will be featured very prominently in Iron Fist. I I just want a scene where Claire and her mom are learning self defense. <laughs> And, and her mom together. Her mom would be adorable. Her mom was great in the, like we didn't. It, she wasn't a big part, but she was great in these episodes. Like, I she don't want to be really one of those good. people that says I'm always right. But, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also love the fact that like a, a fan actually sent me a screenshot of her picking the like the the paper off the ad, and I was yeah. like, I couldn't see it, and I was like, I don't know what you're showing me, but it looks really cool. So when you guys pointed it out, I was like. Oh, I knew about this like a week ago. I'm yeah. so glad somebody could tell me what's happening. There's going to get kung fu lessons from yeah. Danny Rand. It's going to be awesome. Or at least just from Colleen Or Wing, Colleen Which Wing. is totally yeah. fine, yeah, which too. Is great. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to get kung fu lessons from someone... Yeah, get them from those people. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it did it it did infer because I don't know if I've read anywhere officially that Claire that Claire is going to appear in Iron Fist. I can't imagine that she wouldn't she absolutely yeah. because she like just like Coulson, like she has to appear in all of them. She is definitely confirmed for Defender. Defenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're we're gonna talk about moving forward in what's in a, in a little bit. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts just on this episode? Uh, just want to bring up really quick the the whole handcuff situation. Nothing can piss me off in this show more than this moment of them like, we gotta cuff him. Sir! Sir, the man cannot be shot. He punches through walls and he has agreed to go with you. Like, just stop it. Do not try to cuff him. It's ridiculous. And 
It just made me upset. It got under my skin. I just wanted to speak on it's, it. It's protocol. I think there's a certain amount of like, we ha- we're supposed to do this. Like, yeah. if they didn't at least try, it's like kind of a thing you could see them getting I reprimanded the night for. I missed in this situation where I'm just like, guys, no. Common <laughs> sense. But like, to That's their procedure. credit, they're very like, chill. We'll stop and get coffee and duck One of them is chill. The it would have oh, been the same. Yeah, no, the other one was just like, like right over the head. And yes. I was just like, oh my god. It's like, yeah, I'm reading this book. What are you reading? <laughs> but then like then very like, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of time to read now. It's like, yeah, what's the like, tone here? <laughs> it was so strange. One of you guys like, is offering flipped. to go to Dunkin' Donuts. The other is like, Yeah, you're gonna rot in that jail. Same so. guy. <laughs> is it the same guy? Yeah, yeah it was the oh. same guy. That's like, what was weird. Yeah, because he was like kind of friendly and then all of a sudden he's like, Yeah, shut up back there. It was like that's what it felt like. Maybe to me. And I was maybe like, he what? felt himself falling in love with Luke, so he felt like he had to like <laughs> taper it back. He, he had to protect like, his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's starting to get that coffee situation and he's like, nah, shut up back there. Richard prisoner I've fallen in love with. I can't do it again. Uh, Richard, don't let yourself get hurt one more time. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I, really, I really liked, I know we already talked about that monologue that we, that Luke had. I loved the inner cutting with the entire season. Yeah. Talking about Pop and like when Misty's like, yeah, you kind of already met him. Like, just, just, I mean, we didn't really need it, but I loved seeing him just talking and then, then Pop came up and then we had uh, him walk, talking about him walking through Atticus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, see, like Christmas just Atticus seeing the whole thing just kind of get together. Like, I liked that. I mean, again, I can see people who are like, "Why are we watching this again?" It didn't matter to me. I no, just, the callback to Pop, I think, is perfect because again, yeah. he's what wraps this. He's what makes this a whole arc. It's the fact that Pop sends him out and is like, "You have to go out into the world and do good. You're capable of it." Yeah, and him finding his way. And so to hear, and we haven't heard. Uh, forward always for a hot second. Yeah. And we heard so, it a lot in this episode. Yeah, so to sure. come back to it, I, it was a beautiful moment. And I love that it was used in different ways. Like, Claire used always in that way of, like, I'm always going to be here for mm-hmm. you. And then we had Misty and Luke just reliving Pop. And I love that even throughout the season, we even get just, like, pictures of Pop. Like, in the barbershop, someone yeah. talking about Pop. It's something It just really showed that he was the glue that kept Harlem together. And I like that we were even able to end the season that way. Yeah. Yeah. And people understood that. Like, I really loved that entire tone of that scene, besides the monologue and what he said. Like, I want to have that, like, on a placard somewhere, like, in my house. Like, it's beautiful. So, uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts, like, now that we've gone through this episode. The overall first season, how do you feel about Luke Cage season one? Whoever wants to go first. Oh, boy. Um... I'll go first. Okay. Um, just set it up. Uh, I thought this was a really good show. Uh, it was really strong. It had a lot. It, the strongest thing is that it's it was something I have never seen before on television, and it's great just for that. There are some plot holes that I don't feel like I can completely overlook. Sure. Uh, I still find Diamondback to be a flawed villain. Um, he sort of falls into the same hole that I think a lot of the Marvel movie villains fall into, where they're kind of lacking. And it's partially because he's put. We have to put him up against like Kilgrave and Fisk, who were so strongly written, and their motivations to me were just so beautifully, per- like beautifully. Design. See, I'd say you put Mariah against Kilgrave and Fisk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but they Ooh, yeah. presented Diamondback as th- this is where it sort of 
where why I think it was a little bit of a flaw because they presented him as like the big bad. And I know that Mariah by the end of the season is the big bad, mm-hmm. but I just, the Diamondback being his brother was just a little bit too convenient. Uh, and that's what took it. That's what took it from being a perfect series for me was like that flaw. I'll challenge mm. it a little bit because I, while I agree with you a, a lot, uh, part of me thinks that it might be the perfect first villain for Luke Cage. Though this is a guy. I mean, if the whole crux of him is running from his past, his past coming to confront him head on, I think is appropriate, and I get it. And while I kind of do wish he he wasn't Diamondback, or maybe if they hadn't introduced Diamondback so early, if Diamondback hadn't been the gang boss that was running all this yeah. stuff around him beforehand, it would have been. I think it would have been a much more easily that. acceptable yeah, like change. Because then they, oh, I heard about Carl Lucas. Carl Lucas is alive, and then this villain show. This guy shows up. But or if he had been from Harlem, mm-hmm. that might have made it a little cleaner because yeah. then that's why Diamondback is around and influential in this area. But the fact that they are both from another state, that he is now running the gang like activity in this place that Luke happens to be hiding in, it just was a little too convenient. But everything else around that was so good, it still keeps the show at like a nine out of ten for yeah. me. Yeah. Like it's just it's a major plot point. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. Though, I, I, you guys had mentioned this uh, last week, but essentially having them be brothers gave us act, actual emotional stakes. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't mind that he was Diamondback and that we, we were able to sprinkle him out. I would have been bummed out if some guy had just come in mid-series and been like, hey, yo, I got beef with Luke Cage. Because uh, then we have all these other strings that aren't really happening. Sure. You know, so I, I didn't mind it as much. Um, I think the only thing that, like, knocked it down is I, I just wanted more justice in the end, and it made me sad that I did not get it. Um, but I get it. I understand why it had to end that way, but, like... It makes me sad, and Tari doesn't like being sad. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gosh. Joel, Jesse, Alexis. Yeah, I'll go next, sure. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't, like, really compare them to the other series. Like, I'm not going to give it a numerical, like, grade or anything like that. I think the show, the word I would use is successful to describe this show. Like, if you are trying to tell a story about someone who is stuck in a system yet they are invincible this is the story you would tell and like for someone who's like you're from new york you, like all of you kind of have like a little connection to it i'm i'm a tree living in oregonian boy who has not experienced <laughs> anything like harlem before and immediately i loved all these characters could connect with them, knew exactly who they were. I've met people who are these characters in real life. I think the tone, the storytelling was good. Like I said earlier, I don't think it had the break that a lot of these Marvel Netflix shows have have in them. And uh, I think it really helped us kind of find the hero as the hero found himself in the show. Yeah. And with- I really enjoyed that. And also, the acting was amazing. Like, Misty Knight... Like we said it, like she should get all the awards. That, Several awards. Like, like that moment where she knows she's been had by Mariah, oh, and you see her go from being strong to being so vulnerable in like three beats is is a clinic and like should be shown to people. Like it's so well done, and I think uh, 
and I think all of the performances were, and it, it's consistent with all the Netflix shows, are just fantastic. Every, yeah. Everyone's killing it. And the fact that no one's being considered for awards is insane to me. Yeah, yeah Simone t- Cook, just everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. early. I mean, they just missed award season. So yeah. we've got yeah. a long ways to go but before like, that start, before even awards are the thing. I'm sure that this show will receive its fair share of accolades. She's kind of Simone in the show, excuse me. Um, yeah. Especially because uh, Jessica Jones broke the, at least, First barrier yeah. of getting nominated because it won an Emmy for for opening title sequence, but it won an we'll Emmy. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's the first step. Like yeah, so, that, right. so like is it look no like Dark Knight I think was the first superhero movie to get any kind of like Oscar nomination right. of yeah. any kind beyond visual effects. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that the, that could be the first step towards getting Luke K- like getting these Marvel shows to get acknowledged that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I, I think to your point, Jesse, that like this didn't feel like it had the break. Yeah. One thing that I think I noticed this series more than like the other three seasons so far of Marvel on on Netflix. Um, this is the one that most I think embraced the binge aspect. I agree. Of yeah. being on Netflix to to for better or worse, and I can't. I honestly don't know. I'd be really interested to talk to to hear what the writers like. Uh, perspective on this is because to a point where watching episode to episode it like it doesn't break up the same way that and that's we covered it two at a time but like we did the same thing on Jessica Jones and on Daredevil and this felt the most like interrupted yeah whereas like Daredevil it really did feel like each episode contained its like a story in itself and there were episodes that followed a very clear like one like arc within the the, our larger story but these this series like felt more like something where they expected you to binge it and that's the that's whereas other shows like you can binge but the primary way is to watch it week to week this was like binging is the top way to watch it and watching it one at a time is second was secondary to how they constructed the show yeah Uh, can I I I would like to circle back to the the amazing acting on this show and talk about just kind of how to me and I guess for everyone how important this series is in terms of in in an industry where you constantly hear that like people won't watch something that is led by a black person Mm -hmm. who's not like Mm -hmm. Denzel Washington or Will Smith or Kevin Hart now um like so now we've seen that no no one knew who uh uh, my culture was before this, and you see that he is constantly killing it. Everyone on this show was performing at the top of their ability, and it broke Netflix. It it was an amazing series, in, to me, the best one of the Netflix run. And you can just see, and it's so important for the the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole too, which has oh, like it has so many characters. But only a few of them are people of color and, and mm. different uh, like races and things. And this one is just so colorful in terms of its characters, and all of them are so nuanced and layered. And you don't get that so very often. And I love the fact that we just got this and we're able to experience it together. Even to the uh, to piggyback off that point, you even have Genghis Khani. Like you just <laughs> just just you know, an old nice old like Chinese couple just having that has a restaurant. Like yeah. oh, you and, refer to her as Genghis Khani. She calls her a restaurant. <laughs> I'm sorry, what else could she be? Um, no, but that's what they called her in the show. Yeah, yeah. that was her. So that was, like, that was what that, the blind guy at the newspaper stand 
called her. Yeah. It was Genghis Khani. Oh. I thought that was just the name of her restaurant. Or maybe, I don't know, but I no, remember they she, did, they, she, she was like, hey, you better Genghis watch Khani. out. Genghis Khani's looking for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was so, like, oh. All right, it, fair enough. And yeah. it brings just, like, another level of diversity. And it's hard for me to critique this show, even though it, it is definitely not a perfect show. Um, you know, I have some issues with editing here and there, and um, sometimes the way it's shot, I'm like, whose perspective are we seeing this from? But from uh, just growing up black and nerdy to see so much beautiful melanin on my screen it's <laughs> just so wonderful like it it's a little overwhelming how amazing it's been to watch like 13 episodes of people just just living their lives like from the musical performances which when you can call out everyone but you've never seen them on TV before like to you know just the your Soro Skiwi which is an AKA which is a black sorority reference yep. like just down the line it is so unapologetically black and yet it's a world that you can share with multiple people it's a way to express and 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 take part in your culture but without excluding anyone else. I think the show has done so well, and as much as I'm looking forward to a Heroes for Hire, I need a second season of Luke Cage in my <laughs> life. I need Simone Missick to just continue to kill it with that giant afro. I need to see, like, four black women as cops and nurses trying to make decisions <laughs> for the city. Like, this whole, like, everything about this show has uplifted me and made me feel more a part of the nerd community, and I think that's really hard to do, and I'm glad it exists. Yeah, that's the thing. I think this is an important show in that it is shown and hopefully just proved, like provided evidence for future like development uh, executives that like you don't have to shy from the specific like culture that you're talking about. You don't have to dumb it down for anybody. Just embrace what you're doing and find the best characters that are within that world, and it will make a better show for it. Like, regardless of, like, plot flaws or, like, here and there, this show, I think, Jesse, you said it perfectly, it succeeded in its mission fantastically. Yeah, and on top of that as well, like, we we all work in Hollywood, we all see breakdowns where they ask for things to be urban. Mm. None of this felt like Hollywood urban. It felt genuine. It just felt like they were telling these people stories and these people happened to be in a black community. And that's what was shown. It didn't feel like someone was like, oh, can we add something in here to make it more black? Like, it never <laughs> felt like... Which is, I've been on sets and I've heard those words oh, said yeah. before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've, I've heard that said a bunch of times. And it's like, none of that felt like there was... You know, someone in production being like, we need to make it more urban. Like, that was never a note that was given, I feel. But I, also, I feel like it just was. Yeah, but also to piggyback off of that, I love that they didn't shy away also from, like, actual problems between a colored, like, mm-hmm. family or friends or community is the fact that we had racial slurs within a black community, especially mm-hmm. as a person who's mixed, like, hearing, like, light skin this and you're mm-hmm. this and whatever, like... They didn't have to do that. They could have just been like, let's just make it look really positive. Like, let's just do that. Like, they were able to show that even with friends or family or whatever, those those issues will shine through. And, like, I, watching, even though I was watching it with you guys, like, hearing people talk about the show and being able to see, like, even, I mean, little kids can watch the show to a point. But, like, I love that no, they get... adults should watch it. I know, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's some teenagers that I know that are that have started watching the show, and okay. I love that they can... Yeah, I'm not we saying, like, babies. We have different definitions of little kids. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I call my brothers little kids still, and they're, like, 18. But, yeah. like, all I'm saying is, is the fact that I love that I can sit around my family, whether they're Filipino, black, or whatever, 
and they can see people of color doing stuff, whether they're being a person who's selling bootleg DVDs on the street to a woman who's a politician. Like, I love that, you, like, little girls can look at that and see, like, oh, she's a cop, and she might end up being a vigilante, like, later on. Like, <laughs> I love that I can show that. Also, I love how we got to see different hairstyles. We got to see... So much natural yes. hair! So much natural hair! As a female, like, that means a lot. It's not like, oh, here's Nicki Minaj who has just a wig on for this entire movie. Like, you got to see someone who had a twist out. You got to see Mariah with her curls. Like, those look like that she did it by herself or by somebody. You can see um, our the lady who wanted her dad's ring back. Her hair was up. Her hair was down. Like, we got to see everything. Mm. And the fact, at least for me, like, it's not a perfect show, but I love that I can take away from the show that the fact that these were real people that we got to see, even though they are characters in a fictional world. And it makes me happy to see like the fact that I could see myself on TV. There's a lot of roles for different people. It wasn't just like Rosario Dawson in our head, probably, at least for me, it was like, that's like the biggest name on here. Like we were able to take these extras who actually made themselves known and saying silly things in the background making a role for themselves that maybe we'll see later even though Turk was a piece of crap like it's still something (laughs) that you can take like someone's like I can totally play a Turk like it's cool that we got to see so many different shapes sizes color whatever and roles and then I'm hoping that the Marvel Universe and maybe TV in general will slowly take from the show and like go okay well we did it just for Luke Cage maybe we'll sprinkle it in later no we should expand from that and make shows more diverse in every way shape and possible not because we can because it was successful yeah um, one thing we didn't I want to just like get a quick poll and then I want to talk about some news and gossip stuff please um, what did you guys think of Misty keeping her arm <laughs> So uh, okay. go go ahead go ahead. So I think even though she got shot and she got to keep her arm, I don't think that's going to be the end of her arm problems. I feel like sure it happened, but I know that it's probably going to affect her later on, yep. and that eventually either something's going to happen, maybe there was some nerve damage or whatever, and that she's going to have to lose it. Okay. I think that we're maybe building up to a moment when Tony Stark can come in feasibly or she can go into his world, whatever the crossover will be. And I'm really hoping that she is the crossover between the Netflix shows and the movies. Um, We know from reading headlines and things that, you know, the two universes maybe don't always get along so well as far as behind the scenes, the showrunners. Yeah. Um, But I think it would be a great jumping on point for if they decided to do a crossover with Hughes Misty Knight going in and having to meet up with uh, Tony Stark to get that arm. And I really like, as we were saying earlier, the fact that she doesn't need the arm to become the vigilante hero. Yeah. That it's, yeah. it comes from a place from within. And then if she gets a superpowered arm later, very cool. Yeah, because I can, I can see her like trying to do the vigilante thing, and then eventually she notices that she can't do certain things as she used to before her arm being shot. It starts to affect her, not like depression-wise, but like it's starting to mess with her. And then she just overhears that, oh man... You know, maybe having a bionic arm might be helpful. And then she kind of just research and then moves on from there. Maybe she loses the arm trying to defend someone in a series. <laughs> and then there's a gladiator there who can make her an arm <laughs> right there. I don't know if he has, like... He just has arms ready to go. I don't know if he has tech like that. If he's building Stiltman. <laughs> the most technologically advanced villain of them all. Oh, Stiltman. Man. <laughs> I just want to see them build her story. Like, not, like, super slow, yeah. but slow enough that we can yeah. see that her progress and then her maybe working, you know, working through it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but look, speaking of looking ahead, yeah. I thought that we would just real quick take a look at the next series in... Uh, so let's hit some news and gossip button. Yeah. Oh. TV news. 
because <laughs> then uh, we got Iron Fist next. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So let's take a look at the Iron Fist trailer. Like they just the released New York a week Comic-Con. ago at New York Comic Con this new trailer for Iron Fist, and it is beautiful. If you're listening, Google it. Yeah. Because of who you are, there will always be forces gathering against you. Disguised it, as a friend. There's the, slipping the siblings. Past you as a stranger. Connie. Like yeah. yeah, Connie. Everywhere. She's going to be training Claire soon. Mm-hmm. If you choose to continue as you are, know that you risk everything. It's time. I love that we're gonna get the full backstory. Yeah, a child. The final defender. Destined to be a greatest. We're getting Kun Lun. Look at the cinematography. (laughs) Oh my god! Shut the. It's amazing. (laughs) Hallway. Hallway fight. Hallway fight. Drive all other thoughts out of your mind. Oh, editing. You saw Hallway in like her white suit there. Shut this up. My <laughs> I feel like Iron Fist is going to be one of those shows where I'm so hesitant to watch it. Not because I love the character. I just was so team, like, let's get an Asian American Iron Fist. Like, let's bring in all this diver- like diversity and inclusion. And beside myself, I'm like watching this trailer like, oh. But okay, it looks pretty good. But at the same time, I'm glad that at least like people who are going to be acting alongside our our, our white lead is still going to be diverse. It's not like they decided yes. let's make everybody white. This is yeah. true. And yeah. I and I still think and I, I've said this before uh, when we talked about Daredevil when they mm. first like announced everything when they announced the casting mm-hmm. and everything. And I think now that we've watched Luke Cage, it I still like feel the same way. Is that like for that show for Iron Fist alone? Casting an Asian American would have been an amazing story to tell, but when you introduce if you introduce that Danny Rand into this cast of people around Misty Knight, around uh, Fish, around, around Luke, like in, into this Harlem, having a white guy who just so staunchly stands out and like as like somebody who doesn't quite belong with that group will be a powerful image. I w- and I- we'll raise issues that other with with like because this okay. is a community that's begin yeah, begun yeah. to accept like especially the Asian Americans with Connie and everything. I think it will be a power. It will bring up issues that deserve to be told. I want to see the dialogue. Yes. for that when he comes into Harlem. Exactly. Like I would like to see this that rich- discussion happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen an Asian American. I think you can tell a Danny Rand story where he is a wealthy, Americanized Asian person who is, does not know his culture. Mm-hmm. And you can tell a fish-out-of-water story with an Asian American. That being said, I'm just so happy to see it. Like, I, I, it blinds me right now. Like, to see... Like, we saw that tattoo. He has the tattoo. Like, he has the freaking tattoo from when he hugged a dragon to death. Like, like he has that tattoo. I am freaking... We, he has the fist. He has an iron fist. We saw it. 
It just glowed. It glowed. The effects on that were pretty fleshy. Yeah, beautiful. Fleshy. Yeah, because it was glowing from within his hands. She is so strong. He can make a fist that of like iron. Okay, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Like the effects. Joel is with shipping. Like that's the exact same kittiness that we are getting right now. Because the way it looks in comics, like it has this glow like around it, and like the cartoon version on Ultimate Spider. As this glow around it, which wouldn't translate to like uh, to the to the mm. live action version, but that looks so good. Looks but really I have good. to agree. I would, as a person who, I mean, I'm an Islander, which is technically different in Asian culture. Whatever. Uh, I would have liked to see an Asian lead because I'm like, hey, all Filipinos have right now is Pacquiao and Lea Salonga. I need something else. But I'm not saying that that's what we should do. But I also agree with the actor who plays uh, Iron Fist is that he's like, just watch it. Before you decide and make judgment, just watch it. After you've watched it, I'm totally open to listen to what you guys have to say. all of the feelings. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, I totally get that because I'm with Joelle on that. I'm like, let's just throw up some more color up there. But like, but... Again, I am. I, I do agree with him. I would. I want to see what the series looks like. I want to see what the story is. I want to see what what dialogue leads to what conflict and whatever. I'll um, put it this way: I trust Marvel. Every time I'm looking yeah. at Marvel sideways, like because that was one of those when they were like, mm-hmm. "We're making an Ant Man movie." I'm like, "Oh God, kill me now! I just don't care." And now it's my favorite Marvel movie. There <laughs> so, you go. So I trust Marvel to to do good things. Please bring me an Asian American to the screen, like in a lead role. Yeah. I love you. I know you guys are capable, so you know. And I when, know, when and you, I know that I like. I trust that Marvel has that in the works, like in their back pocket. I, I don't bet, know. I don't know who it's gonna be or what character they're gonna choose. I pulled over Giant Man because you. Because I love him and I can't have him. Don't hate on my Ant Man, Joel. <laughs> he said he's my favorite now. I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, um, it could be any. Like, here's the thing, and. Like, it could be any of their street-level characters. If you yeah. want, like, Jessica Drew could be an Asian-American. Yes, she could. And it and it would not it would not take away, like, there are very few characters where race is a part of who they are. And that's who their character is. Like, you can't have Red Skull not be a white guy originally who has then True. become a Nazi. And their like, characters in Captain America is, like, it, it fundamentally, al- because of the yeah. timeline, it fundamentally yeah. alters his character to change him from a white guy. But if you're creating a modern character, like I said it with Peter Parker, yeah. there's no reason that that character had to be white. If you wanted to cast, like, somebody who could have been Miles Morales and just call him Peter Parker, that would have been an awesome movie regardless. Nerds of Color really vied for a Peter Park for a long time. They're like, just drop the ER, make it Peter Park, make him an Asian, and let's do this thing. Like, it would have been awesome. That would have been fun. But it's crazy because there is the other side of that where it's like, just do a Miles Morales. Don't do a Peter Parker. Just sure. stick with that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, yeah. it it can go either way. But I mean, I'm also hoping that maybe he's mixed because I know some people who are white and Filipino and they look white. Like that is a thing. I mean, sure. I know that's like you're a cop out. Uh, Darren Chris is who I'm talking. About. I'm talking about the lead, like the lead for Iron. Uh, like, if Danny you, if, Red. I wasn't yeah. sure we were talking sorry, about sorry, Peter sorry. Parker. Or Danny no, Red. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm talking both. about yeah, um, <laughs> all. Uh, both, all of it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as a person, like I said, like a lot of people, if I wear my hair straight, they can tell I'm Filipino. If I have my hair naturally and it's curly they're like oh you're definitely black like it it doesn't matter you can be anything whatever like Darren Chris who's an actor he's white but he's Filipino like it's it's whatever I know that a lot of people say that's a cop out saying that he's mixed 
I don't care. I mean, <laughs> there aren't very many like mixed race characters that are represented on television. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, mostly because that's shied away from in Hollywood. Yeah. Talk about race. It gets. It gets. Yeah. It gets weird. I don't want to. I don't want to like harp on that. But, but I do. Here's the thing, and I know that Thank we've you. got we've done a, we've talked a lot about a lot about like the race and casting and everything today. But I feel like it's very important to these shows Absolutely. because these are issues that like are truly out there and especially Marvel's been sort of in the spotlight because of some of the decisions because they've come up against some very difficult ones recently because uh, Doctor Strange is coming out and they faced because of the way the original comics were written Mm -hmm. and like we don't need to get into the decisions on that but like just I just wanted to acknowledge like they because they Wong and the Ancient One were both like written as super stereotypical characters yep. yeah. and they had to make some decisions to str- like first stray from what the what people were like seeing in the original comics and then decide how they were going to play with it the ca- like the casting is also uh, like are written with extreme levels of just men everywhere and so you need to find ways to introduce women to those cast to the, to the cast as well and it's Marvel's been in the spotlight, so I wanted to make sure that we had time to talk about it, yeah. especially on the Luke Cage after show, where it's so much a part of the show itself. It's vital it's, to the show. And it's yeah. also like the Luke Cage 10 years ago is not as good as the Luke Cage now. Agreed. Like the Luke Cage 10 years ago is Hollywood urban. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how they make that show. And then there, and there's like a sassy white guy mm-hmm. who is like the voice of reason <laughs> somewhere. Like Scarf becomes like the main character actually. Yeah. And he's like making side comments the entire show. Like that's the Luke Cage ten years ago. Like this Luke Cage is like if this is how Marvel is treating these communities and treating like their origins, then I th- I believe that Iron Fist will be well handled. Yeah. You're you're right. Ten years ago, that the finale that we're talking about today. Yeah. Ten years ago, that ends with the ESU guy coming in and deciding to take out Diamondback or, uh, yeah, to help like out that. Luke Cage, yeah. mm-hmm. so that 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 guy becomes the hero instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's how it ends. Ten years ago, this is a much better ending. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that because even like not to bring like musicals in it, but like the the man who made Hamilton, Lin Manuel, he talks about like he's like the reason I made my cast all diverse was because we are telling a story of what America looks like now. So if Marvel decides I'm going to take this comic book series but put it in modern, I want it to look the way that modern America looks like now. Hence why Luke Cage looks like this. There is a lot of it's not just all black people or like whatever. It's a mixture, and I'm hoping that from what we're seeing with Iron Fist, it might be the same. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I want to see on my television, and I think Marvel's doing a great job with that. I trust Marvel. I trust Jeff Loeb. I trust in Feige. Um, everyone that has done that has produced these projects so far has put everything they had into it, and it shows on the yeah. screen. They've yeah. had, they've had a few missteps, but they've always acknowledged their missteps and they self correct right away, yeah. right away, yeah. yeah, ridiculously quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, never again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just take that out. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Any last thoughts on Luke Cage? On yeah, well, I'm Luke Cage. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel Universe, for bringing this to us. Just wonderful. Yeah, like yes. I'm actually trying to hold back tears right now because it was just, it was just awesome. One, looking at this beautiful panel right now. Two, because it, it is just, it's just awesome to bring such awesome light to what the show. Has we have brought. Simone Missick now. Like, yeah. she cast her in everything. Like, call her first. <laughs> she's, oh my god, she's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I say it every Netflix series. 
You are so lucky to be a nerd right now. Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. We got to see Luke Cage and Misty Knight on a TV screen or your laptop screen or your tablet screen. What what world are you in right now? Go outside and dance. You're you're living your best life right now. Sorry. I I mean, I'm just I'm glad to have been a part of this show. And this show, mm-hmm. um, like, my my world has changed. And I don't mean that facetiously. I don't mean that uh, as, like, a cute thing to say. Like, it's it's so nice to have something so different and so amazing and just, uh, I, I'm Within glad. Within our niche community. Yes. Within I the just... nerd community. Like, diversity everywhere is great. Don't get me wrong. But, like... I would if I could I would just live in comic books <laughs> I'd never go outside I would just be inside a comic book all the time and to see it like just represented here and know that there is room and space for that to grow my god yeah it's awesome like really uh, like I would love to show like uh, uncles aunts grandparents from like back in the day and go look look at what's happening I know that you used to tell us and like show us your comic books that you grew up with 40s 50s 60s whatever mm-hmm. It's living on this screen in front of you. You can see what, if your grandbaby decides to be an actress and she's of color, you can see her on the big screen. Like, that's mind-blowing to me because I don't think back in the day they would have thought, oh, they're never going to see us on a poster or a big screen or whatever. It doesn't matter, white, black, whatever. Like, it's crazy that we can live in a world and we can see our superheroes, whether of whatever color they are, running and kicking punching walls and shit it's awesome yeah i this show like represents a lot of just moving forward and the change and so because like i I, want to reach a point where we don't have to have these conversations and it really is just like yeah that was a great show that happened to have a diverse cast period like that's the world that i think we're heading towards and that's a beautiful thing um Heroes for everybody. (laughs) And with that, guys, thank you so much for joining us for the Luke Cage After Show. Uh, We had a blast recapping it and reviewing it for you guys. Uh, Continue to leave us reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. Continue the conversation with us on Twitter. Alexis. Sorry, uh, someone in the chat was like, we didn't talk about the doctor in the end. Oh! oh okay. No, talk about right. the sorry, Steve, sorry, bring Steve, out the music. Just let the music. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Thank you, right. Chat. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Dr. Burstein showed up yeah. with Diamondback at oh the end. Oh my god. He's gonna make that guy bulletproof. I'm uh, telling you now. Should I we mean, just formally move it to like some ridiculously quick pres- I mean, I I feel like he's gonna do like the Alistair Smythe thing in Spider Man, and he's gonna he's just gonna fuse him with the suit. Ooh! Oh. Oh. So yes, I want it. A snake. I want it. I want it. Yeah. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. That's really cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yes, that. I just want, I want that. Yeah, that's, that's all I want. That's it. I'm good. That's all I want. Roll the credits. You can hit the button now. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of cool, like, that was a nice little Easter egg to, yeah. like, kick us off with. Uh, thank you for bringing it up, Alexis, I, and the chat. Yeah. Uh, thank you, chat. Because, uh, was, like, uh, even though we had a beautiful, like, outright there. Uh, was, Cheyenne McCoy. Thank yeah, you, Cheyenne. Thank you, Cheyenne, for reminding us. Because, like, we got so excited about everything else. Like, yeah, totally I even had that, that written down, and I forgot it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, happening. that Easter egg, if we missed any of the Easter eggs, because there's a lot of them, like, hidden yeah. in there, and stuff that, like, I've looked online, like, I'm... 
I know I found some that like other sites hadn't found. I'm sure there are ones that nobody's found yet. So <laughs> if you find any, you can tweet them at us, and then we'll be able to blast it back out and continue the discussion that way. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson. The T H A T Z A C H. W-I-L-S-O-N. And uh, if you want to continue talking about Marvel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesdays at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Marvel Movie News every Tuesday at 11 a.m. where I uh, hide behind the camera as the voice of Doom. (laughs) And I talk like that, because I'm Doom. (laughs) Yeah, see? That's it. Doom. It's Doom. happening. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Context. <laughs> Tari Miller, where can everyone find you? Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tari J. T A U R I J A Y. You can also find me on the DC Slate, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, make sure to keep in contact with me uh, and uh, tweet, tweet me under the hashtag <laughs> Tari Bay Miller. Oh my gosh. Sorry, <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. Check nerdsofcolor.org for my review of Birth of a Nation. Uh, come back tomorrow. Uh, we've got a great interview for you on Westworld and every Tuesday for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Jesse Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Uh, tweet me. I'll talk about comic books with any of you. Any of you. I'll Second. talk to you. I love talking about it. Uh, you can see me on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Zach, and on Wednesdays we do Sci-Fi Weekly. This coming, we're going to do a review of Shin Godzilla. My goodness, that movie was insane. Folks, see it if you can. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm doing live comedy all over the Los Angeles area. You can find me uh, just doing comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Just being funny, this guy. Alexis Torres. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Alexis Torres. You can find me all over social media as Torres 890 I also do the Lethal Weapon After Show on Wednesdays, Bob's Burgers tomorrow on Sundays, uh, Timeless on Mondays, uh, and I can't remember if there's anything Alexis else. Alexis lives at the studio. Pretty much. I mean, I work here, too, so you usually hear my voice in the booth randomly through random shows, but, you know, you can just talk to me about anything. Um, also, speaking of also random things that I do, uh, Twitch.com. I'm going to start a video game thing since uh, Luke Cage ended today. Uh, I'm going to start doing my Saturdays where I play video games and raising money for my honeymoon and also just talking to you guys. Let's just hang out and play video games. All right, guys. This has been the Luke Cage After Show, and thanks for geeking out with us. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Sweet Christmas! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 